Welcome to Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 261. Joining me this evening, Mac. Good evening, good evening everybody. I've just released uh, I've released the squawking up on the world. It's an entity that has seven heads, 14 wings, and a thousand voices. Well, I hope we can find a match on Match.com. Ian is with us this evening. Is everyone else having the problem with the um, old man and mittens popping up everywhere you go? <laughs> Oh, I love that. It's so great. You know, most of them are not that great, but uh, the one with Bob Ross painting him into a painting. That was a good one. (laughs) And the one with him dancing with Psy, also good. I I like him, yeah. Gangnam style. Uh, And Mad Cat is with us. Hello, hello. I'm trying not to be an angry Christian. (laughs) Wait, I'm not a Christian. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) And of course, coming in with magnificent volume, the dumbest himself. Brian, are you a cop? You got to tell me if you're a cop. <laughs> that is kind of appropriate. <laughs> no, no, but I think... Brian, wait, I've got, I've got one thing to say to you, Brian. Nerb. <laughs> okay. I think the best use of you got to tell Damn. me. If you're a okay, cop. I, was, I was trying to get you to say your name backwards, and then I'd have complete control over you. Oh, is that what's going on there? <laughs> no, he goes back to the fifth dimension if you do that. <laughs> I think the best use I've seen of the are you a cop thing was in uh, The Good Place, where Jason Mendoza was actually being arrested in one of the flashback scenes. And he said, hey, are you a cop? You have to tell me if you're a cop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course I'm not a cop. Well, how, how is everybody doing in this? I, I guess, I mean, is it post-apocalyptic world or is it, or I mean... What, what what do we call the According Trump era? According to many conservatives, this is what you call a dystopia, not a poke. Oh, I, okay. Dy- <laughs> no, we're, world. We've entered a dystopia. And, and, I thought it was a pocopia. <laughs> I don't know. What, according according to QAnon, nothing went the way that it was supposed to. They the the, yeah. the they are they, yeah. you know beside themselves. <laughs> I still have seen a so, few conservatives going off about how apparently they will be marched into the street and shot dead because of their views and how vocal they are about them and it, that it, they need to go into hiding and stock up on everything. It is interesting, though, that this idea that their values are the only values that are American values. If, and if your no, values differ from them, you're, those are not American values because they're not the values that I say are American values. It it very much it follows that whole Christianity you know path of things. Yeah, it, it's it's making America great again for the deserving people. Right. And well, the there's some of that. Sure. In this case, the deserving people in this case happen to be old, white, and want things to be like in the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the there's forty percent that you know that that are still behind Trump, right? And then there's the rest, of the other sixty percent. And it, you, you can't, you, you, when, if you're minority, if you, I mean, that's not that a minority views are always wrong, but if, if the majority's views outweigh the majority, you know, the minority's views, I mean, th- that is part of being a democracy. Yeah. You're not going to like everything that comes out uh, of a democracy, right? But, but uh, you know, you, you're, you're, you're disregarding the fact that, that the election was handled unfairly because they let, they let women and people of color vote. <laughs> Yeah, and that's another really unfortunate part is, is the amount of racism that we're seeing. And and here's the thing is that it was obviously always there, right? It isn't like this is something new. It, it was already there. It's just that it's it's just uh, okay to display it now, where before yeah. it was, you know, you had to do it, you know, behind yeah. closed well, doors. One that thing, was one of the things that talked about the Confederate flag and how offensive it was. And they'll go, oh, well, it wasn't offensive way back when, because, like, we, we all remember the Duke of Hazards. Yeah, you well. Know, none of us thought it being offensive. It doesn't mean it wasn't offensive. It just means no one was pointing out that it was offensive. Right. Yep. It doesn't change the or symbolism. At least no one just, with any voice. Yeah. We, we as a society were ignoring the symbolism. And yeah. it took enough voices to say, hey, wait a moment, stop ignoring this. For us to say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. We've been blind. We, we've not been paying enough attention. Let's, you know, as one kind of start speaking out against us. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that you can say that the Dukes of Hazard was racist. Because no, but, no I, I wouldn't say the show was racist. And one of the actors, one of the Duke boys, was actually on YouTube and did a thing reminiscing about, you know, I remember him driving down the road and stuff. And he asked straight out, it, it was a great, well done video. And he was very polite saying, listen, yeah, I John understand Tyler. 
Probably. I understand that, um, you know, the, 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 what the Confederate flag has become and everything. Um, does Is there anyone that actually felt the show itself was racist? No, I mean, but here's the thing: the, the the flag hasn't changed. It's just that it, right. it it's now unacceptable to 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 continue to you know to to display that kind of racism. But uh, the point I was going to make about uh, point I was going to make about the Duke of Hazard is you can't say that show is racist because I'm sure they had three, maybe four minor black characters on there during the seven <laughs> seasons. No, but, yeah, well, representation and outright racism are, are yeah. se- separate issues, but. But, yeah, that, but, know, you know, know. but you know, if, but when people say, "Well, it's not racist," the flag isn't racist. I say, "Yeah, yeah, it is." Go read the cornerstone speech. I mean, you once you, I mean, what? I mean, you get two paragraphs into there, and you realize that they that they think that you know that black people are inferior. Yeah. It's right there in the cornerstone well, if speech. Look, if you look into any of the articles of um the any of the states that um I know the word it's not company, damn it, not separation. Conceded. Any of the articles of um, concession or whatever from mm-hmm. the United States, all but one of them specifically has slavery as a reason in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah specifically yeah. saying we are leaving because we want to um, keep slavery going. Here, here's a here's so a. So it's like you you can't even use that as a thing. Saying oh it wasn't about slavery. No, it was about slavery. Every single one of them, all but one of the states, admitted it in the articles of concession. Yeah. So uh, the other thing is secession. that secession. So. Secession. Yeah. Yeah. So Texas used to have the right to secede from the Union. I believe you guys have all heard this, that Texas could secede and become its own thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So after the Civil that. War, that changed. They know that they had to give that up when, when, they, when, when, they, you know, when, when we put the Union back together. So Texas does not uh, any longer have that right. Hmm. But yet te- okay. most Texans don't realize that. Yeah. Well, yeah. um. Because just this last year, there was already talk of Texas seceding from the union they, again. They cannot, because it, because they gave that up. And, and anybody who's had a Texas history class, and all three of my kids have now, knows that. So, yeah, they do not have that right. Um, is Texas history class where they issue, uh, issue the child's first firearm? Yes. Yeah, that, that, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, and, caliber did, what caliber did they get? What, uh, oh, you start with a twenty two, of course, right? You know, also, you know, the least, the least powerful, and also almost, the, and can be the least dangerous, <laughs> or the most dangerous, I mean, rather. <laughs> I was going to say that twenty-two is actually very dangerous. Yeah, very dangerous caliber, right? Because the because uh, the twenty-two bullet will go into the body, but not necessarily go out. Uh, yeah, exactly. It can ricochet. It'll bounce yeah. around inside instead. That was yeah. one of the things about. Uh, that was one of the things about the Reagan assassination attempt is that he was shot with a twenty-two, and he got a lot of ricochets inside of him. Yeah. Larger caliber isn't always more dangerous. It's always it was very touch and go. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We've, we, you know, we we could we we get stuck on that every time. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what what uh, what caliber of uh, what caliber of, of Ian stuff is he? Making? Yeah, exactly. Well, that that is a good question, and uh, and it's Ian stuff. And it's always a better caliber when we make it up. But let's let him. <laughs> let's let, we can. He can tell us what it actually is. And so, how to survive the end of the world, which I believe we're, we're actually in right now. So, how, how are Georgie and Armand going to survive the end of the world? In their unique style. <laughs> definitely that. <laughs> that. That's been one of the fun things about writing the vacation stories is taking Georgie and Armand and putting them in you know your cliche situations. Like in this case, it's a Mad Max style world. Okay. But of course, being Georgie and Armand. They're going to definitely not follow the standard um, protocols. They're not going to go the way you expect the story to. Oh, so they're not so. going to go in leatherware. Um, actually, they do. And Georgie has a few comments about um how Armand looks and that kind of. I, I was, was going to say, um, how is yeah? We're talking about two gay dragons here. How is <laughs> Mad Max's post-apocalyptic world not gay if everybody's wearing leather straps? Oh, oh, Georgie definitely likes the um, style. I, I, I won't deny yeah. that. He definitely, especially um, getting Armand right. dressed up. He, he, there, there's actually stuff in there about um, uh, Wait. Georgie wanting Armand to dress like that. I was going to say, you got, Ar- you got Armand out of his suit? Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That whole egg salad scene just cracked me up, too. Any scenes, cra- any, any scenes crack anybody else up? Just throw them out there. It's fun to throw a egg salad. 
How about that scene where they took the umbrella and opened it up at the... Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) And moving right along. Right, that's right. Moving right along. What time is it? It's the dumbass's masturbation moment brought to you by the dumbass media empire. The Amateur Skeptics present... Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Right. Okay, we're... Tragic as Yeah, it's something... It was... That was not... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I had my, tea, my mug in front of me, so that might have muffled it. I have a 52-ounce... Uh, you got you to speak into the mic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and this is not a small mug. Oh uh, you said it's a 52 ounce? 52 ounce. Oh, why didn't you get the large instead? Yeah, well, yeah why didn't you get that large? You want the 52 yeah, ounce or the large? large. Well, what size is the fi- what size is the large? Better pull you your truck around back. around back. <laughs> I think large is 40. All right. New York lawmakers demand NYPD Halt undercover sex trafficking or sex trade stings. So uh, I guess we should talk about it a little, um, so real quickly. This is from ProPublica, and ProPublica had done an an investigation into uh, to New York and, and their vice squad, which is specifically going after you know um, look, looking into prostitution and stuff like that. And so uh, it, it, the the article references. Um, uh, just real quick, I'm going to talk about this. The uh, a gentleman who uh, and a black gentleman, and that is important to to the conversation here because uh, the article that uh, that the investigate about the investigation is NYPD cop uh, cash in on sex trade arrests with little evidence, while uh, black and brown New York uh, New Yorkers pay the price. So one of the things that's happening here is that the, they set up these stings. And this gentleman yeah. got caught in a sting where these two women, you know, uh, um, motioned him over. He pulled over because he thought maybe Ryan, they needed, yes. Let me just throw in here real quick that if it stings, you probably should be wearing a condom. Okay. Th- thanks for, thanks for clarifying. Uh, are we going to make a, uh, are we going to make a joke now about, uh, guys, uh, running in and sticking their big long things into women's faces? Well, I, I, I don't know. You just did. So I, I, I guess we, we are. About, <laughs> I thought we had that planned for, uh, I thought we had that plan for Mad Cat's microphone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, this gentleman, and he was a black gentleman, the two, two, two women put, motioned him over. And then once he pulled over, they asked him if he was, if he, you know, he was, uh, if he wanted a good time. And he said no and laughed and drove off. He got a couple of blocks. He was pulled over by, by police officers who, who he, and then, and then arrested. And he was telling him, listen, I didn't do anything. You've got the wrong person. And they told him to shut the fuck up. Okay. And and so this story, um, this gentleman, and I didn't look into um, if there were more specifics in that, but the, he was a 21-year-old black man, it says. So apparently this is kind of common. So they, 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 they do these things, and the people pull over, and if they talk to them, they just they, they take them in, you know, they, they, you know and, and they charge them with uh, soliciting a prostitute. And this, and this is leading to a, to a lot of problems in New York. In, in fact, they have paid out one million in wrong arrest fees, um, uh, and I don't know what the what the time frame on that is. But so they're doing a lot of this, and and so part of the incentive is that um, a lot of officers pick up overtime by doing these busts. So they bust all the people, and then they they've got to haul them back to the station, and then there's all the questioning and all these things that go along with them. And so the officers are um, are profiting from overtime by by um, and they're not being held accountable for wrongfully arresting people. Exactly, they just continue to they just continue to do it. So it, it's becoming um, a huge problem. So the, this uh, this other article that um, the couple of points here. Um, so this one, uh, so the so the lawmakers are are asking him, to, you know, demanding that they, that they stop doing these things. And it says a New York. A New York lawmaker, uh, New York lawmakers are calling for the New York Police Department to stop all undercover operations aimed at arresting uh, sex workers, clients, and after ProPublica's investigation revealed that the busts are leading to numerous uh, 
allegations of false arrests and sexual misconduct. And let's see, and almost everyone arrested is non-white. Yeah. And then so, if you go later on, I, I, I love this one. Well, I know for a fact that white men are the key demographics, said Meredith okay, yeah, Dink, a yeah, research professor. Yeah. So uh, the, the another important part here to see is the... That, that definitely says a lot where the, the, the facts say actually white men are the ones most likely to right. commit the crime, but they're rounding up mostly black men. And so uh, even officers admit that that they don't believe that these things are doing much good anyway. No. And and one of the things they're saying is that, uh, that they're demanding that they shut down this task force, that this idea that having a task force that illicitly, you know, goes out there, records themselves talking to these people and then, and then, and then arrest them, you know, if, you know, and apparently they don't have to even, you know, solicit sex. They can just, you know, drive on and still get arrested. But, but, but by shutting this down, we will save taxpayer money. Right. And, 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 People are not going to be any less safe because the because these operations already aren't working. Right. It's not, well, and it's, we are it's not going after about, the actual problem. Right. We're talking about a victimless crime. Huh? Well, it it depends. There is forced prostitution. I mean, the, 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 the um, Okay, hold on. The act itself is victimless. Women are, are forced into it at t- times and stuff. The, the, so, the act itself is victimless, but uh, depending on the situation, I mean, like the act itself is a victimless crime. Uh, but the stuff right. surrounding it might be criminal. Right. That, yeah, that's true. So, um, as elected officials, our government maintain ma- maintains its it is resolute to um, and without hesitancy defending the interests of the world of the most vulnerable people in our district. And it goes on to say, um, police are ensnaring the most vulnerable people of color, including women, transgender, LGBT youth, as well as men. Uh, of color walking in in the streets in black and Latino neighborhoods. So not, not only is it not making them safer, it, it's actually victimizing uh, a yeah. lot of these a lot of these groups. Uh, and it, I, it's I, making I, the people in those neighborhoods probably less likely to trust the police, which is what well, you don't want. Yeah, and that that you, you yeah, want that comes to have up a later. Relationship. And there's no reason for it. Yeah. No reason except for a Victorian prudishness on uh, oh they're they're uh, doing filthy things. Right. So ProPublica yeah. found that the arrests of people buying and selling sex are often baseless, uh, are based entirely on the word of the undercover officers, and the exchange between the officers and the targets are inconceivably, um, oh no, in inconspicuously recorded and then disclosed. Yeah. yeah. What does it say? Inconspicuous. Okay, yeah. Uh, see, Brooklyn District Attorney Office uh, told us that it learned that the operations were sometimes recorded only when reports conducted them uh, conduct, conducted this year. So since 2014, the city has paid out more than $1 million in taxpayer funds to settle, settle these false arrests. So not only is it not doing any good, it's actually it's yeah. actually costing a lot of money to to mean to, to keep doing this. As uh, as many cops believe that little impact on, on public safety is is being met by these. Uh, and and then, the other thing pointing out is that if people are being uh, victimized or uh, treated like that from the police officers, they probably figure, well, why not do the crime? Because I'm going to do the time anyway. Yeah, and then another thing that the letters that this letter said was that an independent investigation into the recordings of prostitutions and patronizing patrons aren't uh, arrested, which have uh, repeatedly failed to turn up, uh, turn over to the district attorney and prosecution. So they, they say they're recording them, but then they, they never turn over the recordings, according to the uh, to, to the district attorney's office. So, so it's all hearsay, and the recordings that they do make are kind of just disappearing. Um, so yeah, so uh, the and the other thing that uh, as we go through the article, and there's a there's a I mean it, it's a pretty dense article. There's a lot going on here. Um, but one of one of the things that it does say here is that that these these kinds of prosecutions make it harder to actually to get to um, to actually target and arrest people for uh, for sex trafficking. That they're actually they're actually compounding the problem by by doing this kind of stuff. Even if it was legitimate, it, it it's compounding the problem. Now the one thing that they they say that they're now focusing on Johns and pimps as opposed to uh, as opposed to the actual person soliciting sex. But I, but going after the pimps makes a lot of sense to me. But not going after the Johns that that's still contributing to the problem. That's not any better, and it still contributes well, to, any, to the false arrest that we already heard. 
and especially in this case where they're the ones it's it's not the Johns coming to them, it's them drawing the attention of the Right. They solicited um, them to pull over and saying, "Oh, you're done now." Yeah, exactly. That like, yeah, exactly. It's it's too easy. I see. So this uh, and, and, and it seems like really negligent. Like somebody within oversight ability has just been neglecting to be like, "Yeah, this doesn't make fucking sense." Yeah. So yeah. this is according to Richard Godfrey, who is the longest serving member of the state assembly and the uh, and a leader sponsor sponsor of its let's see version of. The decriminalization bill says that uh, consensual sex work should not shouldn't be the business of the criminal justice system, and that the and that vice ought to focus more on uh, pressing on pressing matters. Criminalization, uh, criminaliz- criminalization, sex work actually makes it harder to enforce laws against human sex trafficking with minors. Exactly. So yeah, so the, the so you know they're they're looking at that. Let's um, see, having a police squad. Uh, uh, having a squad of police officers whose job it is to go undercover, buy, sell, and falsely uh, present uh, for, uh, under a false under false pretenses on a regular basis, recording themselves superstitiously, and then leveraging those recordings and relationships largely against low income um, this B I P O C New Yorkers is a uh, is a Receipt of re, receipt of abuse. Okay, yeah. So even though I didn't read that well, but so basically, basically ha- having a, having you know to to fall the the under, undergoing this is is hurting a lot of people. Yeah, and it's all is criminal in and of itself. Obviously, if if they if they if they're having to pay out, you know, for false arrests and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I I think that you're not looking at who the vulnerable that they're trying to protect in these situations are though. I, what they're what they're trying to do is they're trying to clean the uh, they're trying to clean the um, the black and Hispanic Johns off the street so that white people can go out there and buy prostitutes without being you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah and I think that's what they mean by their most vulnerable yeah wow no. uh, did I make a good argument for white victimhood oh uh, yeah <laughs> you made a uh, maybe white privilege. <laughs> oh, we're not privileged anymore. <laughs> Don't be the white person of the day, right? So, uh, so either way, it, it sounds like it sounds like, it, I, and I don't know if it's this bad everywhere, but apparently the vice unit in New York, and and this is, and a lot of this is Bill De Blasio's fault. It, it comes right back to him because a lot of this started when he took over. So they stopped stop and frisk, and 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 instead, you know, they're they're, they're cracking down on sex work. Um, that that article that talks about the investigation, there there's a there was a line in there that really bothered me, where they were talking about you know basically good get out there and get it done no matter what it takes you know in, right. in, in instructing them basically to to just arrest people. Yeah, but that's not anything new. Regretfully, we've seen that same kind of stuff with the war on drugs and all sorts of other big movements. That, you know, get right. the, this weird backing behind it because we have to save the children and protect them from the horrors. But if we were to and take it's that, easier to just uh, grab a problem and put walls around it than to actually try to figure things out. Well, and here's yeah. the thing: is that if we if we were to did you know take the vice apparent uh, this whole vice section and cancel them, right? And and we redistribute the funds. I hate this idea of defunding the police. That's not what we want right. to do. I, we want to. We want to. Yeah, they're, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, like uh, they didn't say completely defund, but it's like a distinction that people aren't getting. So it's kind of a right. bad yeah. statement. But like, terminology. Yeah, it doesn't work. So, uh, we, yeah, we, I, we I can't to, think of a better way yeah. to say people like it's not pissy to just say we want to cut uh, down the funding. We to want to redistribute funds. It to, yeah, yeah. We want to take the funds for the okay. vice police, and we want to put them into social services. And we want these people out helping people on the street instead of criminal. Yeah. Instead of making them criminals, we want to make sure they're getting they're getting their needs met and and getting what they and you know and being taken care of. I, I beautiful. Put that all on a t- put, Brian, put that all in a t-shirt. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Pissy, very pissy. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I think, that, I think that where they need to redistribute those funds to is they need to uh, they need to focus more on recruitment of of uh, middle aged but still good looking white men. Who will basically then be the oldest rookie, and uh, you know more TV series? Isn't that the latest um, Falian 
Yeah, Nathan Fillion. Oh, oh God. Yeah. No, I think they just it's actually not a bad show. It's kind of interesting. Hmm. All right. Just restructure and send it out. Send things out to fix the actual problems, and not the suggested problems. So yeah, but we as a society are horrible about not actually looking at ways to fix the problems. We'd rather kind of try and hide it all and not look for any real solutions. That's one of the biggest problems I've continuously seen with our society. Well, I mean, we have to push, right? I mean, we can't. So anyway, so that brings me to my next article. Joe Biden and Kabbalah Harris. Here's how you can rebuild the economy. Decriminalize sex work. And if we haven't made the case already, uh, this this follows a um, an immigrant to the United States. And this is a trans woman who lost her job. And she was working under the table already, which is unfortunate. But she she lost her lost her job, so she decided to try sex work because there are a few options out there for 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 trans workers or for trans for right. trans people, and and sex work is one of them that happens to be available. And so and she was picked up and arrested. Um, and, and this is a deportable crime for her. But yet, and and, and what's and this is a person who was was just trying to pay her bills. Yeah, at least that, well, at least that's what's portrayed by the uh, by this article. You hear the stories of the school teacher that um decided to start the um OnlyFans page because he was falling behind, and of course once they find out they fire her because how dare she does anything like that? And it's like really yeah. the problem is her and not the system that makes it so she has to get another job in order to keep paying the bills. Well, so you know, there's so and, much and, there's, there's so much twisted logic out there. Um, yeah. you've seen. Well, if we raise the minimum wage, you'll have unskilled workers making as much as a school teacher, and they see the problem is that the unskilled workers are making as much as a school teacher, not that the yeah, school they, teacher is underpaid. Right. And well, I remember yeah. the one. It was what paramedics, I think, is the one I remember. Yep. Fifteen dollars an hour. That's how much paramedics make. And you had paramedics coming out saying, "Yeah, actually, um, we can't disagree with you trying to compare us to that because." Um, we think they should have $15 an hour. We also think we should be being paid a, a livable wage for our work that yeah. is definitely well, worth mean, more than 15 an hour. The guy, the guy I saw said that he has, he has no problem with anybody being paid a living wage. The problem is yeah. that most people are not. Yeah. yeah. Well, and in- it's the same kind of thing. But we also like that the other thing you see about that, and it's the attitude that goes in sex work as well, is we like to take certain jobs and make them evil. It's like, oh, you, you want a burger flipper to be paid fifteen an hour. Yeah. I want the job to exist and be paid a, paid a fair wage. I'm Isn't... not looking down at that job because it's beneath me. I don't look down at sex work saying that's beneath me. These are jobs that exist. These are needs that exist within our society. Well the other and question I don't I'll... go ahead. Well, no, what drives me nuts is that the people who okay. are who complain about the uh, workers at McDonald's and stuff like that are ones who always go there in the first place. Yeah. Have you tried flipping burgers for eight hours? <laughs> I, I mean, I, seriously. I have not had to do that. Okay, so here's here's the deal. And, and of course, I worked in restaurants. That's not a, that's not an easy job at all because no, I sp- I spent a summer flipping burger burgers, and so the the fact of the Never. matter is that I do I do a job right now that is skilled labor, if you will, right? Because because I. I, I, t- I invested time in, in learning about computers and security and stuff like that, and I and I use that skill to, to to make a living wage. Okay, so my my job physically may be e- easier. Now, could that burger flipper do my job? No. Can I do the burger flipper's job? Yes. But their job is not easy. That's the thing that that, that drives me nuts. Just because it's not it's technically skilled labor doesn't mean it's an easy job. It's, and it's physically a job demanding. You want someone to do. It's like I want I want there to be garbage men. It's a job yeah. I don't think I would ever want. But let's pay them well because I appreciate the job they're doing. Yeah, and just because it's not skilled labor. We have to stop looking down yeah. on people. Yeah, garbage collector is also one of the most one of the most dangerous jobs. Yeah, not a joke. Yeah. All right. So, but, you know, we've got this. We've got this idea here that the the quote unquote poor are immoral and lazy and the the reason that they're poor is because they haven't done anything to lift themselves up by their by their yeah. bootstraps and you, hear that all the time. you know become become the next Donald Trump. 
Yeah, and and, and and do you think that you can you you can flip burgers for eight hours? Do you think you can do it? Oh no, I, I don't think Trump could. No, <laughs> oh, Trump couldn't. No. Anyway, so let's move on. So decriminalization, the case for decriminalization. So decriminalization does not mean removing criminal penalties from buying and selling sex. Um, what well, ref- wait? It, it's it simply refers to removing criminal penalties from buying and selling sex. Decriminalization does not mean total abstention from any kind of regulation across the board. It also does not remove uh, laws um, that criminalize exploitation of human trafficking. So, so by decriminalizing sex work, I believe it will be more able to um, to to exercise laws that criminalize the exploitation of human trafficking. In fact, and um, once more, where it's been done, it's been proven to work. Right. I know we can look into um, the areas of Nevada where it's been decriminalized and regulated, and it works. Right. So, you know, the, the, you know plus I would like to see us have a national hookers are. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> I'd like to see that as been being a position in Biden's cabinet. So, opponents of decriminalization often conflate regulation, re- regu- regulating sex work, and legalizing exploitation. Uh, let's see. While while research shows that the opposite is true, it is well documented right. that decriminalization uh, dismantles the the power dynamics of trafficking, uh, combats financial in- insecurity, and protects the labor rights of those vulnerable and the and exploited. Well, one of the one of the things that that's happening, especially right now during the time of COVID, is that if you're a sex worker and for some reason you can't do your job, all these all this money that that other people are getting. You know, um, and you know all these stimulus checks. They don't get that. They're not eligible to get that kind of stuff because what? Yeah. Because of the work that that because of the work that they're doing. And so them. So now, so they're getting hit doubly hard. Um, let's see. But they still try to tax them. Well, well, but I mean, if if you're going to tax something like that, then they need to be eligible to get the, you know these other kinds of uh, you know amenities as we as we move forward. Uh, see, and so and so sex workers can't even turn to the virtual world. For stable income, because they've been blacklisted from Craigslist and uh, back pages due to um, do the legalization means of targeting sex trafficking. Uh, volunteer voluntary sex workers are now limited online to online platforms like OnlyFan, which I, I don't I don't know what that is. Uh, which oh, so OnlyFan is um I've actually not checked out, but I know a lot of people that are involved in it now. Okay, um basically you start up a site you basically do videos of yourself on there or, or post pictures and stuff and people pay specifically to see your content. So, you, you know, it's, anyone is that, the that wants of... to see what you're putting up there will pay the fee you, for your content. I is don't it, know does Saber do that? Is that, is that, is that one of the, is right. that one of her projects? Say that again? Was Sa- is Saber involved in it? Yeah. She, no. She has an, um, from what I understand, she has an OnlyFans page. Okay. But it, it's becoming a popular thing and, um, hey, you know, yeah. it's, it's, uh, Simple yeah. way to make money. Why yeah. haven't you? Uh, why haven't you set up your OnlyFans? <laughs> I, actually, I was joking with her about doing that because he had mentioned. I forget what he said. Come on, rock that. Done some line. post about it. I mean, and I'm sort of like, um, should I do it? Do you actually think I'd make money? It's like, you'd be surprised at, um, you know, what it tastes are out there. But she did warn you that it's very competitive. She did warn me, very competitive. That, um, you know, you definitely have to try and get a get noticed. Mm. If you really want to um, make it there, but it, it's the, there's money to be made if you can get people to go to. And I, I know a few porn stars have only fan pages where they will post some more risque pictures and, um, and videos. Invest what? heavily in pirate pirate shirts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a lot of um, adult models who. I've been trying to make a career of it. That's how they're making money right now. Yeah, and it, it sounds everything I've seen. It sounds like it's really taken off. Okay. Well, so uh, let's see. So the the only legal paradigm which has let's see um, empirically proven to um, provide the financial security for sex workers is full decriminalization in New Zealand. The decriminalization of sex workers sex workers has been the key to providing them financial stability and mitigating the potential for exploitation of sex traffic or for of trafficking sex workers are able to apply for emergency wages substitutions and unemployment benefits 
like other workers as a direct result, which, okay, that, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, see, uh, in, in direct contrast to the U.S., uh, see, the New Zealand Ministry of Justice says that it found no incidents of increased exploitation of trafficking or uh, citizens since decriminalization went into effect. So there you go. I mean, there's a case study right there for what they what they've done in New Zealand. Okay, I'm going to be terrible right now. Okay. So I, I know not not that that's. Yeah, I can I can cut it out. So you know, go ahead, be terrible all you want. <laughs> all right. So I'm sure you guys have all seen uh, Mel Brooks' History of the World Part One. Yes. Right. And the unemployment mm-hmm. scene where uh, he's trying to collect his wages, and the guy in front of him is a gladiator. And she's like, okay, did you kill last week? Did you try to kill last week? <laughs> and all I could think of was for a sex girl, sex worker collecting unemployment wages, I thought, you hand job last week? Did you try to hand job last week? <laughs> See, so uh, uh, just as with the Federal Farm Workers Act, Domestic Workers uh, Bill of Rights and the Empowerment Act, all programs President Biden supports through criminalization of sex work would benefit um, marginally marginalized populations who are working in the shadow in shadow without uh, effective federal representation or protection, federal, federal protections or remedy for abuse of employers. So that's one of the things that's that in um, in New Zealand um, they they've been actually able to um, file. Um, Criminal charges against you know against their employers for sexual harassment and stuff like that. Something that these workers cannot do now. And and as we've talked about in in the past, pimps are a huge problem. You know, right? You know that they're, they're not there to you know they're there to get their cut, not there really to protect anybody or doing or do have a, do a good portion of it. You know, eliminating pimps would be a huge huge piece here, and and you could do that because now you can now they you you would they would be employees and they could you know file harassment charges against their employer. Yep. You remember what you were saying earlier about the the minority and the majority, though, Brian. Yeah, yeah. President Biden is a is a Christian man. Yes, and he is he is supported by Christian people, and Christian men and Christian people don't don't think that prostitutes deserve a fair shake, despite the fact that Christ Himself was apparently fond of them. So I would say. That we would need to look closer at that because certainly the people that are following Trump, a man who I do not believe is a Christian but professes to be, so okay, whatever. I think that that, that the people that are following him are much more likely to agree with what you're saying, and the people yeah. that voted for Biden, maybe not so much. I don't know that he got the I, conservative Christian vote that you're talking about there. I would like to think that I'm. I'd like to think that I'm wrong. Okay, but I can say that. Uh, I can say with some certainty that if he did try to decriminal, if they did try to decriminalize sex work, there'd be a huge outcry, a bigger outcry. Yeah, there would be. So I'm the not whole, the whole I, I decriminalize don't, slash legalize marijuana. I'm not crazy here. Yeah. I don't think he's going to do it. I, I, I think that no, I yeah. think that why this article is making a case why 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 it, why it would be a good thing. I do not think there's a chance um, in hell, if you will, that it's going to happen. No. Well, and and that's unfortunate. Yeah, um, the the article goes. The article goes on. The article goes on to talk about you know um, ways in which it, it might do it in the short term, the long term, and it, it's not going to happen. You're right. Um, but I I, I, just, I really I mean we've been, we've been saying for a long time. Segway, man. Oh, I know. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Let let let's take it. Yeah, and I don't think that there's a chance in hell. Speaking of hell. <laughs> Ah, speaking of hell, yes, we have a million moms pissed off again over one one million mom. <laughs> um, hold yeah. on, hold on. One uh, is this a is this a Trump is a Trump definition of a million moms? <laughs> yes, it is. So That's exactly what it is. A million. <laughs> now, why, why, so, so, um, tell us why did the million moms decide to pick on this silly interpretation of Satan as opposed to every other silly little interpretation yeah. of Satan that has gone before. Probably because they're getting, uh, wet, they're, they're getting wet watching Lucifer on Netflix. So basically, um, Match.com has had a series of, I, I think most of us are going to, if not all of us are going to be amusing commercials about Satan hooking up with 2020. 
And 2020 yeah. is a, a cute, rather mischievous woman who enjoys chaos and things falling apart. And, part, and they make a great couple. Well, isn't it, isn't it Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively? Well, that's what it, well. Okay, it says it was created by Ryan Reynolds, but I don't think that's Ryan Reynolds sitting there as, as Satan. I yeah. no way. I don't know who okay. that is. All right. Yeah, I, I think it was created. Yeah, it said it was created by him, but it doesn't list him as being Satan. But they're fun commercials. They're jokes. They're poking fun at what twenty twenty was. And, okay, wait. But before know. you do that, so it says one uh, the the one conservative Christian mom at the one million moms Twitter account four hundred and. Uh, 4,606 is very upset that dating dating website match.com tried to be funny in a commercial. <laughs> and, you know, these aren't jokes that should, uh, commercials that should be taken seriously. They're just having a fun time. And it's a great Satan uh, um, costume, definitely um, inspired by the um, um, Tim Curry as um, Satan in the movie Legend. Mm. Well, not, not named Satan. He was the darkness. Yeah. But definitely, you look at um, the, the, this um, take on it. That's the inspiration, undeniably. Beautifully done. So, but what, what is it about uh, the, this uh, interpretation in particular? Because, like, Satan's being like, depicted in, like, Looney Tunes, right? I mean, yeah, like, he, sure. he's a joke. He's not a serious character at all in this. I think that might be part of the problem, though. It's a he's dating site. That's why. Fun. What? Have they been uh, complaining about other depictions of Satan that have come before? No, you, I, I, you know, look through their site about their current stuff, and that that's not something they generally seem to complain about. Hey, but, but they were unhappy about a rainbow a fence. I mean, if they're unhappy about a rainbow fence, they can be unhappy about this, too. Yeah, I'm just wondering what brought this on about this thing in particular. I wish he ate an Oreo I, I, I cookie during, the, uh, during this. That would have been hilarious. Someone was reading too much Teen Titans? <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, you know what? I, I mean, it, it, it's hard to apply any logic to them whatsoever. But it's popular right now. It's yeah. getting attention. It's a noticeable ad that you remember. That's why. I think that's mostly what they're targeting for. All they're trying to do is seize on something that's popular. The reason that they're going for it is because it, it, it's gone viral. And so they seize on that to, to try and promote their cause. That's all that it is. But the, the, their arguments are so flawed because they talk about how it. Um, let's see if I can find the lines here. Make light that the ads make light of hell and the eternal dangers of demonic realm. Um, they, One million mom does not want viewers to be deceived by this unbiblical depiction of Satan and hell. Well, it is unbiblical. I will give them that. This is a one hundred percent unbiblical. Hold, hold on, hold on. I don't hold believe on. there's any mention of hell in the Bible. All depictions of Satan are pretty much un, unbiblical. Yeah. I think the only thing that the, the Bible describes is the lake of fire, not actually hell. Is, is, is that even in there? I, thought, I think that's Dante's Inferno. I don't even think that's in the Bible. Yeah. Well, no, there, well, is there, a thing a, of, there is a line in there about being cast into the lake of fire. Yeah, and, and that's in okay. Revelation. Oh, okay, that's but Revelation. Satan himself, okay. Lucifer, is described as made of precious jewels and the most beautiful thing um, ever. That's actually how he's described in the Bible. Lucifer. So, Closer to the Tom Ellis depiction. So does he still have we, horns? Yeah. What we normally no. see as Satan is more uh, is the, the a depiction of pa the pagan god of Pan with the goat hooves and stuff. Oh That's yeah. That's very Pan influence. Okay, sure. And you know, th there's reasons why Satan got depicted that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a deal. Here's what I'm going to say: Satan is ripped. Holy mackerel. <laughs> That might be the other thing. The, the, the million moms might have gotten a bit too turned on by looking at Satan. <laughs> I'm turned on looking at Satan. <laughs> Luna's freaking mm, Oh my god. Red Look abs. At, exactly. Red abs. Whoa, the, I mean, his complexion is fantastic. Yeah. And look at that chin. It's just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Think of what he can do with that. Do you think he gives good chin? Possibly. <laughs> Uh, but this is one of those tree. It, it's hard to take them seriously when they go after stuff oh. like this. It really and, is. And they keep doing that so much, like, but no, I, I found this just amusing. Yeah, over, let's overreact and yeah, but you know. we are giving them attention for it. Yeah, yeah. is it Even the kind of uh, well? We are still giving them attention. Is it the kind of attention that they want? No. Is it the kind of attention they deserve? Yes. It, <laughs> is is any attention good attention? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Everyone still doesn't do not know how to sit down with their kids and look at it and say this is a joke. 
Oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna show it to my kids and tell them it's real. <laughs> twenty twenty can manifest itself <laughs> as a woman, and she's dating Satan and an attractive woman. I I, I expected twenty twenty to. I, I and thought, I thought, say Satan looks hella horny. Yeah, <laughs> he was one of those things. Two sets of horns, even. Look at that. I mean, uh, yeah. It's it is like funny. two in the back, two in the front, and, and the size of the ones in the back. And he could have those little itty bitty ones down his back. They they they're really just trying to seize on anything that's trendy that that they think that they can you know get a get a grip on. I mean the the yeah. Well, the newest one apparently they're going after Cadbury cream eggs. When to see what is offensive? <laughs> they can go after Cadbury. It's okay to go after the Cadbury cream eggs. You know, uh, I, I, I think that, I thought that I've always thought that Cadbury cream eggs were a, a little bit pornographic. You know, just <laughs> uh, uh, well, yeah. yeah. The, the way the way you look into it, all that goop and. I say, That's what I'm thinking. They're going uh, off on. I'm, I'm watching the ad right now. To I say, find... I say, take two of them, put them in a testicle crusher, and then just squeeze. Hold on, guys. I need a few moments to load with a Cadbury cream egg. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know. I can't. T- I cannot take the one million moms seriously. I mean, it, it, they they can't even make a decent point here. You know, even something that I can oh. legitimize. Okay, in the ad, they have two. Um, I'm going to assume they're gay. Two men um, eating a Cadbury cream egg together. Not necessarily kissing, but very close to it. All right. I'm guessing that's a problem with the Cadbury cream egg. Is there anything else we need to know about the Match.com stuff? That's going on. <laughs> I think we had a fun enough time with it. I'm going to let Mac choose the next one here. He's got four articles in here. Uh, let's do the one on bird brains then. Bird brains, cool. All right. Yeah. So uh, this one, we've talked before about... Uh, we've talked before about the fact that birds have a different structure and a higher number of neurons in their brains. Yeah, they think that a lot of that has to do with because of flight, right? Uh, it has to do with, the, with flight, but we did not evolve from the same... We came at evolution from a different direction than birds did. Okay. And birds think differently than we did. Anyway, this, uh, this one here, uh, despite the fact that I don't... I don't really dig their methodology and what they did. I can understand the reason for why they, they needed to do this. So what um, did they do? They implanted sensors they... inside the brains of live birds. Okay. And they they determined by watching these sensors and what happens that the birds may not only be smart, but they could actually have the conscience the consciousness and self awareness of self-awareness of sentient beings. So what you're telling me here is that Good Feathers was based on a real story? Yes. Yes, it was. (laughs) And in fact, uh, the character of Joe Pesci was based on that pigeon. So um, This blows my mind. uh, So so, he started looking at them scientifically and not just looking at them and thinking down on them. I mean, we've looked at birds and and thought, okay, they've got small brains. But they well, do amazing things. Well, I mean, well, I, I look at birds and think they're generally assholes, especially geese. Okay, well, I'm, I'm not saying that they're not. A lot of people <laughs> are. But I also think that geese have reasons. Um, geese are weird. <laughs> so what they did was they basically they basically implanted, implanted microcircuits into the brain into the part of the brain of, of live birds that is similar to the mammalian neocortex. And, uh, you know, they're essentially trying to determine if birds can think and plan and view, view the future and future consequences the way, the way that humans and mammals can. Humans and some mammals. Okay. And it's very, it's very likely based on what they've got here that on average, it's not just corvids and parrots that are that smart, but on average, birds in general are smarter than mammals. Hmm. You know, I I would tend to agree with that. I, I I think that there's a lot of reasons for it as well. And you know, having having developed the ability to fly, even for a small small bird, is going to make them fairly intelligent because they're going to have more neurons to work with. Well, they're also making mathematical calculations yeah. at a frightening speed while they're mm-hmm. zipping through these zipping through the environment. 
And, so is that and, why and, Jesus you know, you, better than us? Good, uh, uh, birds are really good at messing with our minds, too. Oh, yeah. But, but that's why you think they're better than us. They, they know the exact place to uh, to uh, perch and just say never more to freak you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, geese can spell. Uh, at least anything, any, any word with the letter V in it. <laughs> they can spell the uh, V part. Um, but, well, I want the V. But the thing is, is that just even watching them in the wild, uh, especially the uh, COVID family, COVID, not COVID. Mm-hmm. They, if you watch what they do and watch the way they react, you can tell that that animal is thinking things over and thinking to the future of what is going to happen when I do this. Um, we, we've got, we've seen. We've got, I've, sorry. Okay, yeah, well, so yeah, like we, we have seen evidence uh, that they do do that in tests and stuff. So, like, what what have this new microchipping study actually told us? They were able to watch the areas of the brains of, the, of these birds and watch the responses of watch the responses in the forebrain and compare those with monkey, rat, and human cortices in the activity that they see there. But um, what I was going to say about corvids is that I've observed corvids doing things to protect other birds, not not even in their flock or their species. Mm -hmm. Uh, We watched a raven chasing geese out of the road on a spot where cars turn into. And he knew that cars turned into there. Uh, we've, we've watched now. Uh, are you absolutely sure he wasn't just being a dick and chasing them for fun? I'm not absolutely <laughs> sure of anything. <laughs> I, I, can, I made the, the observation was there. I, I made the observation based on what it looked like to me, and we don't know what uh, what a goose's motivation are. I made that. Aren't they? I mean, they seem pretty motivated to to poop on stuff. Yeah, we're <laughs> very good at that. I made oh. two observations on uh, pigeons. Oh, no, one on pigeon, one on ducks. There was this mama duck with a whole bunch of baby ducklings, and she stopped at the stop sign while the thing was going red and doing the red thing. And as soon as it went green, she went across the street with her baby ducklings. Okay. She got them across. And that, that is something that birds can observe from watching watching humans do the same thing. Exactly. There was this other time a pigeon at the uh, at the bus station in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. It was hilarious. He decided that he was going on to this bus and sitting there. And just sitting on top of railing type of thing. It looked like he was wanting to get a bus ride. And the bus driver you kept pulling him off and uh, kept on getting back on. <laughs> I think I've seen uh, uh, some sort of video of, uh, I think, maybe a pigeon on a subway doing that exact same thing, just just standing there, and then the door is open, and he would make his way off. Yeah. Um, there's been videos taken of herons riding people's hoods on their car mm-hmm. while the cars are moving. The, the herons will get on, take a ride. You know, herons will actually ride alligators in the water. So a car is nothing more than a, a much bigger alligator. Mm-hmm. To get from one spot to the other, my wings are tired. But uh, you know, regarding um, using using traffic signals, I guess up in Estes Park, some tourists decided that they were going to try to stop the geese from crossing the streets in the middle of the street, and they taught mm-hmm. them they by blocking them, they taught them to only use the crosswalks and the lights. Yeah. So the geese started using the crosswalks, and then. Moose started using the crosswalks. <laughs> so, so you get moose. <laughs> that that's kind of a funny concept. Uh, you know, moose and moose and geese speak the same language because you know both of them. A lot of them are from Canada, so you know they God. both speak, they both speak Quebecois. So, well, some actually speak regular English from you know Ontario and. Alberta and yeah, DC. but you know, it's yeah. they still have to they still have to put it bilingually. Mm. And, and you know, our, our heads do actually uh, separate into two when we talk. <laughs> Split at the mouth. <laughs> we do know that. We we'll have to watch the ones from Newfoundland, though. Newfoundland and the uh, uh, Nova Scotia. They're used to the uh, drinking, drinking, fighting, drinking, fighting, drinking, fight some more songs. <laughs> You're welcome, Kate. Okay. 
Uh. He's come up with he's come up with games, some of which I appreciate, and some of which I'm not so fond of. But you know, his his game where he tries to tries to poo on the back of my chair, and I try to get him over the paper in time. He thinks that's really funny, and either way, he wins. <laughs> so it's win win for him. All right, we're going to end this with wet nursing. Mad Cat, what, what are we looking at here? What we're looking at is, um, I was watching this thing about monkeys, uh, you know, me and this monkey deal. Yeah, we know all about you and monkeys. We've seen, yeah, it, on, we, we've seen it on Pornhub. No. Oh, that wasn't you? Oh, never mind. There, there was a, <clears throat> this monkey that uh, was stealing other monkeys' babies. And uh, it wasn't her own. It seemed like she... Um, didn't have uh, the ability to have a baby, but the next year she had her own baby. Baby laundering business. Right. And I started wondering, well, <clears throat> if she couldn't at first, and now she has a baby, what about the non-floral lactation? Maybe that's a possibility with them. So I was looking up on humans because of the lactation got into the wet nurse, which is interesting how... Um, you know, wet nurses, we think not an awful lot about it, but there is a lot, uh, a huge history on wet nurses, and they're even working at this point of time, but it's not the same, whereas before it used to be a job, nowadays most of it has come down to, you know, uh, you know, one can't, uh, the mother can't feed it for some reason, and a sister or a relative or a friend is capable, and then they work it together. So, uh, in humans, of course, we have milk banks now. Yes. We right. Do. So, so we 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 found a lot of way to compensate for that without you know having to employ a wet nurse, and of course That's we have true. formula as well, right? So a lot of a lot of ways that humans compensate for this, but it's hard to do that in the animal world. It is very difficult. Now, but, can, can anybody just uh, order from a milk bank? Um, actually, I doubt it. One, uh, we, uh, just wondering if I could make some smoothies. Yeah, <laughs> or uh, some ice cream. These monkeys, some of the monkeys who actually steal babies, and they'll go around to another covenant or group of monkeys, and sometimes other females will want to take care of the baby for a little while. Uh, uh it's called uh, anteing. They want to ante the baby. That happens so in they, monkeys. Yeah, it happens huh? in monkeys. They, okay. at least that one did. Um, I think there's there's more that they've seen in other monkeys or in all this. But uh, yeah, other monkeys will take a baby and nourish it as well. But then there's the other ones which you know they take the baby and they kill it so that their line is better off. I think that uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw out here that those those geese that you're talking about that are assholes, they will mm-hmm. actually watch other people's they'll actually watch other other geese's young for them while those other geese feed. Uh, even for uh, we've even seen it happen for ducks. Yep, we've exactly. Geese watch watch baby ducks to make yep. sure the baby ducks were okay. Yeah, and these monkeys actually feed the other babies, or you know, they babies seem to bounce on other moms and, you know, get antied by them. But uh, wet nurses have had a long history uh, well back into, you know, when uh, Moses' time was or whatever. If there was because, a Moses. Uh, if there was, yes, exactly. <laughs> but, However, but, but, is, but as far back as we can record, it sounds like there's been some sort of wet nurse. Right, and there's always been some way to try to... Um, <clears throat> make it easier for the mom. There have been um, copper, uh, not copper, uh, ceramic pots that were found. Little pots they thought were for, you know, maybe um, taking care of, you know, doing that water thing up the nose or whatever. Many pots. Ah. <clears throat> right. But they, they also had nipples that were made out of uh, skins of animals um, they uh, changed as time went on um, from one to the other um, up to the bottle. Uh, there's been a whole bunch of different kinds of ways to try to augment uh, the milk babies are getting. Um, 
and at one point of time when we started started on making formula the formula wasn't all that great and often as not a baby would die on the formula in they needed mom's milk at least for six months that's okay. the recommendation some say four but so there were children that were dying um and wet nurses helped with that however there were also the wet nurses as we have heard of who were hired in order to take care of other people's children however that usually came at the cost uh cost of their own children who would have to be on this formula and die um so they're wet nursing some rich person's baby while their own child dies from being on formula at home and then there's also situations of the black slaves who were who were made to uh take care of the woman's children or you know wet nurse and everything sure but there were also times in which um wet nurses were heavily um used in good sense um like the egyptians at one point in time took very good care of them and as you said if there was a moses uh, the woman who found him in the brushes, when she came back with him, she got her handmaiden to go get wet nurse right away. And the wet nurses were respected. However, others, where is that one? I thought it was pretty, well, not. So amazing. using the Bible as a reference, I mean, because as a historical reference, is, is tenuous at best, right? I, I presumably no, they have even has even even uh, even if uh, we're not trusting the reference of Moses being real, I think it does show how respected uh, sure okay uh, nurses were because like it, they 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 made a point to mention it there. I mean, but uh, presumably we have we have more information somewhere on this that that so, isn't. That's why I have so much information. Okay, they, it starts off by what a wet nurse is, which is another woman who breastfeeds for. A woman who is not able to or doesn't want to breastfeed their child. It goes on. Most of these tell about the wet nurse and basics about it. And then there's a whole bunch of different references. Like from folklore to scientific evidence, that one tells about the breastfeeding and everything. And it goes into uh, Islamic folklore and general folklore um, about, about it what is in Christianity. That one's the religious one. But it also goes into the scientific reasons and that there are possibility uh, that there are situations in history in which people have, and we don't realize this, but there's ways to get a woman to lactate uh, through, through different means, um, mostly just... Um, Manipulation of the breasts and continual, uh, a lot of uh, manipulation of the yeah. Breasts. By stimu <laughs> by stimulating the breasts and the glands, you can uh, you you right. might be able to induce lactation. And I think that we covered an article um, back a, a while ago about about men lactating, and apparently yes. it's also possible to get a man to lactate. Right, you just uh, have that type of stimulation and continual, and it is a thing. Yeah. Um, there's also this one about uh, women who felt like they were going rogue by having a friend breastfeed their baby. Because in general population, breastfeeding has gone through a lot of, even in this day and age, has gone through a lot of good and bad. There are many people who believe in it and agree with breastfeeding, but not out in public type of thing. And there's different... Uh, views on that. However, when you're having someone else breastfeed your child because your child has not uh, learned to latch onto your breast, whatever, um, you know, you can have a friend help who's more uh, who's already done it. And and I, and I think uh, I think this also goes to to show you that uh, if somebody asks to taste your man milk, well, you might not be entirely certain what they mean from now on. <laughs> that is true. Yep. But uh, yeah, and there's there is so much good and bad about the history of uh, of breastfeeding. And where's this one? 
Oh, yes, the feeding with the bottles, they had pack boats and teats during the 16th to 18th centuries. They were difficult to clean, so you get bacteria build up and the detriment of the infant's health. And by the 19th century, the use of the devices combined with lack of proper milk storage and sterilization led to death of one third of artificially fed infants during their first year of life. So the techniques we had, or techniques at that point of time, were not uh, very good. And also animal animal milk used for it. Uh, let's see, where is that one? Oh, atopy is a type of eyesight. Uh, those irreverent fat children who do not, or who are artificially given artificial breast milk instead of actual breast milk, get can get atopy, which includes eczema, asthma, and allergic reactions to food over the past 10 to 15 years. And this was in 97, this was written? Yeah. Atopy? Okay. years prevalence of these conditions has increased steadily in children one to five years of age with asthma exasperations accounting for 50% of all emergency hospital visits. Okay, but they're, they're contributing that to... To formulas? To formulas and not having breast milk. The ones That's that have breast milk have less chance of contracting these illnesses. Hmm. That that that's different than I think information that I've read prior to this. So Yeah, there are there are different references to it. The this one particular article, the um, history of infant feeding, there's a whole bunch of different concepts of what exactly it does. This particular one says that it can cause diabetes, it can cause obesity, etc. for being on formula. All right. So it's a long, heavy history about, yeah. uh, about wet nurses that a lot of people don't know. Yeah, no, there's, a, there's definitely a lot there. More than I was expecting. And, um, dumbass. I don't know if you recall, but one of our earliest podcasts here, um, we talked about ice cream being made from breast milk. Yeah. So if you actually, if you actually want to taste it, it, that, it, 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 it rings a it rings a bell. I've I've listened to all of the episodes, so. <laughs> <laughs> but you were asking about smoothies earlier, so yeah. there may be ice cream out there if you want to give it a try. I don't think it is. Now, now I want to now now I want to taste man milk ice cream. <laughs> And with that, say goodnight, everybody. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Share-Alike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Borg. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 226. Joining this evening, Mac. Good evening. Um, You're off by a few um, podcasts. Though. 226? Oh, uh, God. Wait, 261. Let's do this again. <laughs>